Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence in your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Hi, everyone. It's Kathy Ostapchuk. I am so excited to welcome you to this episode of the Her Influence Podcast. I will be sharing a conversation with my dear friend, Alana Walker Carpenter. We're talking today about what it means to have a seat at the table and to be at a place where we are influencing decision-making in the corporate world, in the marketplace, or wherever wherever your sphere of influence is. I met Alana a number of years ago when I was embarking to lead the Just Give Me Jesus revival in Toronto, which was a huge undertaking. And Alana was so instrumental in opening up her world of connections and really being a maven and a salesperson and helping us fill the Air Canada Centre in so many ways. What I remember most, though, and what I embrace daily about my relationship with Alana is her gift of presence and her gift of elevating relationship to such a high place over even results. And that is such an oxymoron, especially in the world of business where you are successful when you are achieved. And you'll hear in our conversation today um, a sort of sacred quality around it, which I always feel like I'm in a sacred space when I talk to Alana. I feel like I'm entering a conversation with a chaplain or a pastor or even a therapist because she's so wise, she's so present, she is so focused that she invites you into the space of belonging. And after the conversation, two or three days later, I find a note in my mailbox, personally handwritten by Alana. That's who she is. She is about you, the person, you, the leader. And she has such a passion to see everyone flourish on their journey. So my most important takeaway, I think, um, hopefully you'll agree with me when you listen to this podcast, is that Alana believes that something significant happens when somebody feels that they belong. And you know, we're always pushing against culture that says we have to be large and out there on social media. Um, The higher you rise as a leader, the greater. But we know that in the rising, we know that in the increased platforms, we actually become more isolated as women, as leaders. And we sometimes lose the power of that connection with either the one, the few, the many. And Alana is somebody who in her world is pushing against that and saying, no, we need to be present with each other. We need to get back to relationships that really matter. And we need to make it important to see each other, to be in each other's lives, to come alongside each other. Whether you're a C-suite CEO, whether you're a young mom at home, wherever you are doing life, this conversation is an important one for you. 
And again, as all of these conversations are so amazing, would love you to just kind of take notes on on your iPhone or grab a pen and paper and write down some of the things that you're going to be listening to. I know a few people who say that their organization or their personal trademark is relationship. And so when we see that so evident in the life of Jesus, that he was about establishing such deep relationships with the people that were around him, we know that this is a trait that we all need to kind of learn more and lean into to kind of um, see how we can integrate it into our own lives. So let me tell you a little bit about Alana, because I've been kind of painting her as this pastoral person, which she is, but deep inside of her is a longing to see business people transformed by this relational attractiveness actually to Jesus. So Alana Walker Carpenter serves in the capacity of CEO of Intricity. And the tagline for Intricity is integrating faith and business. Her passion is to inspire business leaders to integrate their faith and business through five business practices that she and her team have developed. Innovative events, individual and group coaching, Roundtable discussion, leadership development, and philanthropic initiatives are the five pillars on which this ministry is built. She comes from a human resources background. She has a BA from the University of Western Ontario and a postgrad in HR from Humber College. She serves a number of uh, ministries and it's quietly behind the scenes, but I know that if you are downtown Toronto, in the path, you'll see her in the heart of winter um, helping a local charity with a food drive in terms of gathering clothing. And that's just a small window into who she is. But again, I think what defines her so greatly is her ability to connect so deeply one-on-one And also in a large setting, she hosts annually a Bells on Bay Street event in both Toronto and Ottawa, where corporate people come to downtown and they hear about the Jesus message in the hustle and bustle of all of the other messages of the Christmas season. And there's so much about Alana that is unique that I want you to really pay attention to everything she does say and pay attention to the pauses in the conversation as well, because those are significant. Alana never does anything without thinking through it uh, deeply and thoughtfully. And what she brings to this conversation is what she would bring to you if you met her face to face, which is her full attention and her full desire for you to be transformed. And so I'm so excited to welcome you into this conversation. It's it's a bit of a more sacred one. As I said before, it's a little bit more somber, but we need these. We need as leaders, as women, we need to stop and reflect a little bit more on the kind of influence we actually have. And what I want you to take note of is Alana's response to how many women are actually needed at a decision-making table in order to have influence. And I might check up with you after the conversation and see if you, you got that from, from her. But anyways, just inviting you to this conversation with great joy. And this 
podcast is for you. I hope there's someone out there that resonates with something that you hear and that it helps you move forward wherever you are in your life. So lean in, have a great listen, and we'll talk to you after. Well, it's Kathy Ostrichik here, one of the co-hosts of the Her Influence podcast, and I have to say I'm so delighted today to be welcoming and introducing you all to my friend, Alana Walker Carpenter. And as you heard in her bio, she's got a very significant ministry, which brings together two worlds, the world of faith and the world of business and the marketplace. And Alana, why we wanted your voice uh, today is that you just represent something very unique in how you've intentionally merged these two spheres together. And one of the things that I've been impacted most about um, by my knowing you is that you've created a space at the table for so many others, men and women alike, and you've given them a place to belong. And that's significant because we don't normally think of Bay Street, which is a very fast moving environment with people really bent on, you know, success and, and achieving goals as a place for presence and belonging and building relationship. So I'm wondering if I can just start off by asking you a bit about your journey um, from where you started to where you are now and why you are where you are. Sure. So thank you for having me, and it's a light to be with you. So very quickly, um, I did not grow up in a faith-based home, so entered the corporate world with uh, minimal uh, contacts. And so when I was first in the corporate world, um, I had the opportunity to be part of a Bible study that focused in on women. And... Um, then from that space, I realized that a lot of men were hungering for the very same thing. So then we, what I like to say is diversified our portfolio and then welcomed men into the space. Um, something significant happens when somebody feels that they belong. And so for a lot of our special corporate friends, they feel that they don't belong um, within the faith element, perhaps maybe within their local church, because we haven't breathe a lot into the faith and work movement, or they feel like they don't belong within the corporate setting because their values might conflict. And so really, Intricity was created for these special friends to have an opportunity to belong and to become. That That's lovely. Um, I love the word, I love the fact that you actually use the word friends in a corporate environment where, again, those two words may seem like that they don't belong together because developing friendships is not something that you would see as a value when perhaps you go to your place of business. So I appreciate that about you. I'm wondering personally, too, how you found your way uh, to this particular ministry of all the options that you had, perhaps leaving university and even finding faith yourself, what was the path that sort of brought you here to being CEO of Intricity? Well, when I first started out, so let's just imagine ourselves. So we're now in 2019. It was the year 2000. There was absolutely nothing for women. So I think it, it started with a sense of injustice that I wanted mm -hmm. to give voice for corporate women, which were quickly rising. So we had women at the top and we had women just entering. 
Um, but then I realized that men were attracted to what we were offering and I wanted to create a space for them. What people I think appreciate and value the most is that we aren't afraid to have raw, real discussions. And that is just our differentiating factor. It really simply is a journey and we are prepared to journey as long as it takes for people to develop a relationship with Christ or for them to realize that their faith doesn't have to lie dormant once they arrive on Bay Street on Monday morning. Wow. How much courage does it take each and every day um, to keep forging such a unique path and staying on that path? You know, I look at the beginning, um, courage is along the way, but there was an immense courage because my parents made it very clear to me that I was on my own, that this was my own endeavor. And there were lots of tears, quiet tears, um, tears maybe I should have been more public in sharing um, to make others realize that they're not isolated and alone in their own endeavors. Mm. Um, but along the way, when we're, as an organization, we're always creating and risking. Um, perhaps sometimes we're misunderstood. And so it does take courage to forge on um, and to keep going in faith. Mm. Courage and faith together. So I'm really fascinated that this started um, from your personal sense that there was a, an injustice and that when we think of injustice, we normally tie that to women on the fringe or women that are downtrodden. Or, But here you are saying there needs to be a place for corporate women to find a place to belong. And it wasn't just corporate women. It was corporate women that maybe had a different approach to evangelism. So it wasn't a cookie cutter calculated approach. There was a high value to relationship and the high value to journey. Wow. I love the language that you use. And in your own personal experience, how often did you um, come across similar language or do you find that it's rare in your sphere of influence that you're the only one kind of talking about relationship and, and being present or what do you see out there? No, I definitely see that our, our values are distinctive and our values are language and words matter. What we've tried to do is use one set of language. So whether we're talking to somebody of faith or not of faith, it, it's universal and we're just present with them. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I love that you that you use this word diversified portfolio in the relationship to men and women being together uh, in the marketplace. And I've never heard that before. And so I love that. I've written that down. And um, that's fascinating. So you started out having a real call to work with women in the marketplace, and then you opened the door. Um, and invited men into that space because you saw that need. And here we are in a day and age where I'm wondering if you have experienced that the opposite is true. Um, the men have held the space in the corporate world or in the marketplace where there has needed to be a door open to women. And what have you sensed? What have you felt um, 
in terms of that invitation or there not being an invitation or perhaps more of a closed door? So if I think back almost 20 years ago, I think the door was just gently pushed open. And if I look at where we are now, I think the door swings open and maybe it swings closed sometimes, but for the most part, I think it's open. I think where I see an unequal playing field, and this probably is both within the corporate sector and within parachurch and church, is in the social settings. Mm. So where I see a continued injustice is, you know, after work drinks or the invitation Mm. to the golf course. or the yacht on the weekend. And if we go back to how powerful relationships are, that's where relationships are solidified. So that is an area that we need to be keenly aware of and make sure that we are inviting both men and women to that particular table. Wow. Is there a gap between reality and practice? Yeah, like I think... And and this happens with women, too. So we can't just blame the men on not inviting us to the golf course, the yacht, or after work drinks, because women are doing their own thing. You know, they're off for a glass of wine. They're off for a pedicure. I think we just need to make sure that we are, as we're indicating that there might be an injustice, that we're also setting the table to welcome men. That's, I, I, I love that you said that because you're looking at what the opportunity is there rather than, you know, focusing on perhaps um, what's not there. So I love that we need to be setting the table where men are welcome um, as well. So yes, there is a bit of a disparity there. And it's so interesting that you mentioned the social settings. I hadn't thought of that before, that where we kind of do life and have fun with each other, we're still kind of separate in those ways. So um, I'm wondering about also the influence of women when we do come into a room, whether it's a social setting or a decision-making space, how many women does it take to actually influence um, the outcome of a decision? Is one woman enough? Is it more than one? What have you found in your experience? So my experience is it's not the amount of women. It's who the woman or women are. Wow. Um, does that person have the capacity to influence? What is your definition of influence? Persuade an individual or a body of individuals to see something from a different perspective. So what would you say is needed to influence? What characteristics does that woman need to have? I think it takes a lot of patience and grace. And maybe God isn't going to use you, but maybe God's going to use somebody else. It doesn't have to always be Alana, and it doesn't always have to be Kathy. Um, Mm. Maybe finding the right person that can influence rather than using our own voice. In the end, as long as the end objective is met, for me at this juncture of 44 in leadership, it doesn't so much matter to me that Alana or the name of our organization Intricity is attached. It's that 
we achieved the end result. Wow. So kind of putting at the feet of the greater good your own agenda or your own sense of need for affirmation. Is that sort of what you're saying? A hundred percent. And it comes really back to where our identity is derived from. Yeah. So where would you say, how would you describe the source of your identity? I think in my younger years, if I'm to speak authentically, you know, a lot of my identity was wrapped up in more so what we were achieving as opposed to who I was in Christ. Um, Last year, I had to take the year off um, because I was recovering from a head injury and I was stripped of everything my role as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as a ministry leader, as a community leader. And it became ever present to me about who I am in Christ. And it has certainly allowed for me to just affirm just who I am in Christ um, and just focus on the one. Absolutely. and. I know that that must have been a difficult year to settle into that place of not being able to do all of the things that kind of you were used to, you know, in the course of 12 months of the year. So your biggest lesson was learning to still be Alana in that place where you could not outwardly achieve. Very distinctly. Right. And I remember the exact place that I was sitting when I felt this nudge from Christ and him saying, it doesn't matter if you were to do anything more for me. I love you for who you are. And for all those people that are listening, Christ loves you because of who you are, not what you are doing. That's, uh, that's gold right there. And I don't know if you've noticed, you've done a lot of work with women. I was in your Emerging Leaders Roundtable, and I thrived in that place. And I sat in that place that you had created for us all to come once a month. And there was a real sense of intimidation, like the women in that room for uh, entrepreneurial and leading things and owning companies. And that pressure to compete or compare or to go out and want to achieve more so that I could fit in this sort of room of successful women was there. And I want you to speak to that a little bit. Like, is that sort of um, a pressure that you see in the marketplace, in the places that you are ministering in? I think one thing for us all to remember is that when we feel the least connected with somebody, our connection is that we're broken and in need of Jesus. So if we can start there, it is really helpful. The need to compare ourselves, whether we're people of faith or not, is ever-present. Um, and we just have to pray against it. It's, it's a significant temptation for all of us. Hmm. So the need to connect always trumps the need to compare. Absolutely. That's great. And that's one thing um, I love about your ministry. And I think just the personal call on your life is that you are a connector of not just women, but of men and women and people to each other. And 
So how does that translate into your world? What kinds of things do you do to do that, to make that happen? Well, if we just step back a bit and look look at stewardship, often we think about stewardship from the perspective of financial tithing or perhaps volunteering. But I think a third aspect of stewardship is brokering connections. So on a day-to-day basis, we make, or even uh, let's look at an annual basis, we make hundreds of connections. So we're connecting individuals to organizations, individuals to um, charities, we're creating opportunities for people to be board members. So in many ways, it's like a brokerage service. Somebody comes to us with a need, we think about maybe two or three people that can fulfill that need, and we make an email introduction, and they're off and running. Wow, that's amazing. How does your faith influence your calling to keep creating new places of belonging? And when did you recognize that you had this innate profound ability to nurture and build relationships? And you're the best handwriter of notes that I know. (laughs) I just have this high value of relationship and Desiring people to know that they're loved if they don't bring anything to the table. Mm. So I love people for who they are in Christ. Um, I want to see people flourish. I want for people to know that they're genuinely loved, that there's no set agenda, and that they are just deeply valued. On our Twitter account, it says relationships are our trademark. And I hope that people sense that from me personally and from our organization. There's nothing we value more than a person. Wow. That speaks so much to the life of Jesus, right? Relationships, I think, were his trademark as well. And so that's lovely that in your marketplace, in your Bay Street place, that you're saying we value relationships over function, over task. So I guess the question, you know, for women listening as well is, has your gender played a big role in in what you do now and what you experience? Has it worked for you, against you, or is it even an issue? You know, at the beginning, I think it was a bit of a negative and it was learning how to maneuver in a predominantly male setting. And there was a significant amount of frustration. Um, But over the years, I don't see it as much of an issue anymore. And in fact, I think it works out to be an advantage for me. in developing and sustaining relationships. I really, I can't think of the last time I thought that was an injustice. Whereas at the beginning of my leadership journey, there were a lot of those moments. Uh, I would be in a room and people would pray for all the men in the room and forget that I was the sole woman in the room and there there had to be a significant amount of grace on my part. (laughs) Or all of the examples were like male-dominated examples. There were no female examples. Um, Even just what I would say are just completely weird things. Like if I was going to a meeting and another man was going to a meeting, the man wouldn't drive in the same car, which I just think is archaic. Um, I think we've made a lot of movement. <laughs> so you're looking at the bright side of things. Uh, the that's interesting side. to track that as well. 
So I guess the question I want to ask is that would you continue to do what you are doing whether you were the only room, woman in the room or not? 100%. So what would keep you there? The desire to, to want to maximize my influence, to make change, to ensure that we move forward on the movement of integration and faith and business so we can influence others for Christ. There's nothing I am more passionate about than people realizing that they can integrate not just faith and business. So somebody might be listening and they're a stay-at-home mom. So integrating faith and your role in the community or your faith and the role of education. I think we can propel the kingdom forward if we live integrative lives and we need to speak to that. And if we're honest, people are in their workplaces or in their communities or in the schools, Monday to Friday, that's where we can reach people. And we've got to just simply show up and meet people where they're at. Wow, you're absolutely right. And that's where people are spending most of their time is working. And so meeting them there, um, you've got an audience (laughs) each and every day. Um, I love this word integration and that it's part of your vision and mission for what you do, not only with um, your ministry, but also with your life, because the opposite of integration is disintegration, which is the coming apart of all things. And in a culture where we even say work-life balance, right? Like we, we separate things all the time. We compartmentalize all the time. You're saying no, like in your place of work, there's a way to bring everything together in wholeness. And there's a beauty to that. And I, so I just want to thank you and, and champion you in your place, whether, you know, there's just Alana and, and a room of men or Alana and, and a few women and more men or lots of women and a few men that you are there. And that I think I hear in your voice that you're passionate to finish strong. So thank you. My last request is to kind of ask you um, to give uh, a permission slip, as it were, to the women that are listening and the men that are listening, that if you wanted to give them permission or encourage them to take permission and do something or be something that they perhaps hadn't thought of, what would that be? I think we all simply need to be ourselves, be raw, authentic, honest, share one's suffering. Our greatest connection with people aren't with any of our accolades or successes. It's when we've been deep and vulnerable with others. So keep sharing your stories and listen well. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant having you. The time has gone by so fast. And I just want to encourage you in your place, you know, that you are seen and that you're loved and you've made a huge impact on me and I know so many others. So thank you, Alana, for your time today. Thank you, Kathy. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm so thankful that you joined us for this conversation with Alana Walker Carpenter and hope that you, um, got a lot out of it. I love that she reminded me in particular that for a woman to influence, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of grace. And sometimes it does feel like everything depends on us. 
But Alana says it doesn't always have to be Alana and it doesn't always have to be Kathy. Sometimes we need to make the space for someone else to influence and encourage them to do so. I think that uh, Alana herself and also the ministry that she has founded, placing such a high value on relationship and such a high value on journey is really of significance. And sometimes we can get so distracted by thinking we have to do it all. We forget that we just have to be ourselves. Alana reminds us that we all simply need to just be ourselves. And in that we can be raw, we can be authentic, we can be honest, but something significant that we forget is that we also can share each other's sufferings. And that can make us very unique as leaders. And that can draw people to us when they know that we are there, not for what they offer us, but that we just want to walk alongside them. And that's an amazing quality. It's an amazing quality for a woman to have. It's an amazing quality, no matter what gender you are, because I think you'll, you would have heard in all of what Alana shared with us is that it doesn't matter if you're a man or if you're a woman, we're all called to kind of be better together and to journey together. It's interesting that she said she still feels a little bit of the disparity in that in the social settings. And maybe you find that too, you know, when you walk into a room and it's all guys, hey, hey, how are you? And how do you fit into that? And how do you make that work? Because often for me, I walk into a leadership setting or if I'm speaking or even joining some other some other leaders in the room there often aren't as many women just percentage wise. And so it's interesting that we are faced with that all the time. How do we try and fit in or do we even have to try? But we also have to make space for men to join us in those settings as well and invite them in. And that's okay for us to do. Things have changed over the last 20 years. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done, but I think with the heart of someone like Alana encouraging us to just create more spaces to belong. And gender really becomes less of an issue. And I'm wondering if you agree with that. So we'd love to hear your feedback, not only on this podcast, but the other ones that you've heard this season, because we are already busy creating the next season of podcasts for you. It's about influence. It's about where you lead. Or if you think you're a leader, it's about us being able to encourage you wherever you are and to share our stories as Alana reminded us that that it's important to do. And also um, give you a little bit of courage that if you think you're the only one in the position that you are in, yes, your story is unique, but there are those that want to come around you and help you move forward. We live in a big nation. There's a big mission field in front of us. There's lots for each of us to do. There's lots of space for all of us. So we just all want to find our place in that. So as much as I wish I could meet you face to face, I don't know who out there is listening, but if you can try and join us in October at Gather Rise at the Meeting House in Oakville, October 25th and 26th, go online to Gather Women to register. And we would love to see you there. You'll hear some of these women that we have been having conversations with on the podcast and meet other amazing women as well. We're here for you girls. We are here for you. And so however we can facilitate your journey uh, as a woman on mission, 
in this nation and globally, we would love to do that for you. So until we chat again, take care. You're loved. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence podcast. We'd love you to share this episode to encourage a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more on the Gather Women movement, visit gatherwomen.com. For free resources, circles, and events in your area, better yet, grab your girlfriends and register to join us live at the Gather Rise Conference, October 25th and 26th in Oakville, so we can meet you. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. 